You are listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, Episode 72. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. So on this episode, we're going to continue talking about immune function, cold and flu season. Last one, we talked more about prevention, how we segue in from adrenals and stress into immune function. This one, we're going to actually give you, this one's going to be a little bit shorter. We're just going to give you some, some things to think about. Now, granted, a lot of people understand these or know these things already, but we want to just give you some of our favorites. Just real quickly, you know, we try to really make our sound sound good for you and not any like weird static or fuzz. But if you do hear some noises in the background, our, our dog is having a great time with his toy. Yeah, yeah. You might have heard that on the last one as well. That was his bone. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to uh, we're trying to keep him occupied while we do this. Uh, so he's our little buddy. <laughs> yeah. So let's just dive in. So last one we talked about diet. Okay, minimize sugar, minimize caffeine, minimize alcohol, improve life, your sleep, lifestyle, improve sleep lower stress as much as possible, in some ways kind of try to slow down as much as you can. And supporting adrenal function, right? That's, uh, you know, that's something that we've talked about in the last few episodes. That's how you keep your immune system strong and resilient through the stressors of life. Uh, now this one, we're going to talk about some actual specifics. So let's just kind of dive into the nutrient side. So vitamins and minerals, things that you, that you uh, recommend for your patients. Exactly. I mean, what's so amazing is now we have access to really good quality supplements that can help with kind of what we talked about last time is what can we do to prevent getting sick and what can we do if darn it I'm already sick right now and what can I do acutely in the moment to reduce the duration reduce the intensity and the severity and also try to not which ends up happening not let it progress into something more serious so of course we had mentioned too you I mean people have kids people have grandkids people have nieces and nephews and family members and friends and these little kids they might be little germ machines granted it's good for them and their immune system to get sick but it, they bring that home to us so one thing that i think probably a lot of you have heard of and may know is vitamin D. I think vitamin D is great for that immune system. It's not to, for preventative. Now, gra granted, vitamin D isn't really a vitamin. It's a it's a hormone. It's, yeah, it should be called hormone D, not vitamin D. I think there's a lot of misconception about that. But it's interesting. Granted, we get most of our vitamin D from the sun. You and I lived in the Southwest for almost 15 years. And everybody that we would test their vitamin D on, it would always be either low, below 30, or low end normal in the low 30s. That shouldn't happen in a place where, where there's constant sunshine all the time. Either people are spending a lot of time indoors, which is probably part of the problem. Or hopefully wearing sunscreen. Yeah. But that's my own prerogative. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, we can argue about that. You and I, we, you and I disagree <laughs> about the sunscreen thing. So we'll, we'll save that one for another episode. But nonetheless, 
in a place where there's sunshine all the time, everyone should have at least the middle of the reference range, which is, you know, the reference range is 30 to 100, at least be at the middle, if not high normal when it comes to vitamin D. And everybody is low normal on uh, vitamin D. So I think that we're either testing the wrong thing, the metabolites or whatever they're, you know, the lab tests are set up for, or there's a different mechanism going on there that actually pulls that vitamin D down, whether it's a inflammatory process, or like you say, a hormonal process, I could even see there's a connection between, let's say, cortisol and, and low vitamin D levels. Yeah, or just the conversion process. So you think you're outside, the sun hits your skin, it converts into vitamin D1, then it has to go through the liver and the kidneys to convert into vitamin D2 to vitamin D3, which is the active form. Sometimes that gets lost in translation or hormonally or stress-wise or something. I don't know, but it, it reduces that conversion to the active form of vitamin D3, which is, but then, you know, with wonderful science and technology, we can just take vitamin D3 or you can stay out of the sun and cover up and wear a little sunscreen, but uh, or cover yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just take vitamin D3. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're Asian, right? So of course you're no, always I trying, freckle. Yeah. Well, you're also trying to protect your skin from the sun, which I do agree with trying to protect your skin, but I do not agree with the whole sunscreen as a form of well, protection. Either way, vitamin D is very good for your immune system. So something I had mentioned on the last podcast was you don't want to necessarily take immune stimulating, you know, vitamins and herbs and supplements and minerals and whatnot, because if you're stimulating the immune system, but you're not sick, that's actually not very healthy. But, you know, nobody wants to get sick, even if it's for one day. I mean, when you're sick, you are so humbled by how great you feel when you're not sick that actually vitamin D isn't necessarily stimulating the immune system, but it's strengthening the immune system to help prevent you from getting sick. And then on the flip side about what's so amazing about vitamin D is if you are sick, you can increase up your level of vitamin D and that will help reduce down that duration and that intensity and that severity. Now, one side thing is vitamin D is a hormone and it's fast soluble, which means too much of a good thing isn't a good thing, is they can say, hey, you can have vitamin D toxicity, but you really have to take a lot of vitamin D for that to happen. Yeah. And most doctors, even conventionally minded doctors nowadays are testing everybody's vitamin D. So if you are taking vitamin D or you're going to take vitamin D, it's a good idea to check your levels. We recommend, there's a couple of different companies that we use, but we use, we like to use liquid vitamin D. Not in every case, there's some that are soft gels, but liquid vitamin D usually one to 5,000 IUs per drop. So 1,000 international units per drop. So these bottles, you know, they come with a little eyedropper on the top and uh, you take five to 10 drops, maybe depending on the person, maybe two drops, maybe four drops, maybe five drops, 10 drops, uh, usually on the upper end. And that does a really, really nice job of improving lab values. You'll see it in a matter of a, even a couple of weeks to a few months that their lab numbers will go from the low 30s or even abnormal. And now they're 45 to 65 on a lab range, which is actually very nice. And something that Dr. Mackey had mentioned on the last podcast, talking more about lifestyle, is he had mentioned about the wonderful magic of your gut microbiome and how many gosh, how many things it can do for our body and probably things we don't even know about yet. But one thing that our gut microbiome does is it's very involved in the immune system. So that's pretty much where we make a lot of our immunity is from our gut microbiome. So a probiotic, I think, is a great thing to help kind of strengthen that immune system, not stimulate it, but good for preventative. 
Yeah, right. That's one of those things you could do on a regular basis to maintain that that really healthy balance between the good bacteria and the pathogenic bacteria. When that balance is offset, that's what they call dysbiosis. That's why, as we've mentioned in the last one, that's why, in our opinion, you want to be very, very careful with antibiotic use. Like when I was a teenager, I had a really bad complexion. I had, which is the worst time in the, of your life to have a bad complexion when you're a teenager and you got pimples all over your face. It's just a really hard thing to deal with. And I, of course, I went to dermatologist after dermatologist and all they wanted to give me was Retin-A and tetracycline. And I think that's just, you know, now knowing what I know now, I just think that is just a terrible approach to treat acne. But antibiotics, this is also not necessarily a secret or a, a, you know, a big surprise, but antibiotics have just been overprescribed. Now you have MRSA and antibiotic resistant, you know, bacteria that is going to cause big problems in the future because we overuse them up until this point. Okay. So in our opinion, you want to use an antibiotic when there's no other option. Okay. So when you really need it the most, when you are in kind of dire straits, then take the antibiotic. But if you got a stifle or a sneeze or this or that, you know, the typical cold and flu season, all of those 90 plus percent of them are caused by viruses. The bacteria, the antibiotics are going to do you no good anyways. But the things we're talking about, the vitamin D, and we'll get into some other ones, those are ways to either bolster your immune system or to acutely bolster it when you really need it. We have lots of options when it comes to that. And I think that that is uh, something that gets missed some sometimes out there in, in the conventional world. Yeah, I think a great probiotic for an adult and even for kids. Like we said, kids kids are meant to get sick. That's okay. But if we can reduce the severity, you know, I think a, a probiotic, improving your gut microbiome, working on it is only a benefit to your health. And then another another thing that I like to use, I'm going to mess up how you sound, say it out loud, but it's a, is also working on that digestive system or that gut microbiome is there's a product I use that basically it's kind of like a fiber like, but it's a little bit more for that preventative for improving the immune system or strengthening it, but not, not necessarily stimulating it. How would you pronounce yeah. the supercalifragilisticexpialidocious yeah. Arabinogalactin. Arabinogalactin. Uh, yeah, that, that has been <laughs> kind of... Say that three times. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that's been kind of used as long-standing history of being able to enhance immune function. And that's one, like you said, you could use that kind of in some ways prophylactically to give yourself a, a little surge. Now, when it comes to other herbs like echinacea, everyone's familiar with echinacea. Echinacea is one of those ones you want to use on a short-term basis. Uh, you want to use it for that early prodrome phase where you're just getting, you know, feeling like you're coming down with something and then you use it through the course of it and then you're done. You don't want to use something like that over a long period of time because then like we said on the last episode, when you really need that immune stimulation, it's not going to really do much. Exactly. So echinacea is, you know, everybody's heard of echinacea, you know, echinacea has been around for a long time, mainstream, but combining echinacea with hydrastis, which is golden seal and berberine, which is Oregon grape, which grows like crazy around here in the Northwest, is those are really great at stimulating the immune system. And you kind of high dose it a little bit and you only do it for about five days, but that can really shorten the duration and especially the severity of having, you know, a virus or a bacterial infection. Now, one thing we'll put on the show notes, because, you know, there's a lot that we're talking about in terms of nutrients for colds and flus is we'll put a little um, list together on the show notes that'll have maybe more specifics for the supplementation, for the nutrients, you know, the, the dosing and all that with, you know, disclaimer, 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 but we'll go into a little bit more about that acute and preventative so you can see it on paper. Yeah. Now you mentioned your favorite nutrient, which was the vitamin D. And I asked you that question before we actually started recording. I asked you, what is your, if you had to pick something for immune function, what would you 
choose. And you said vitamin D. Uh, my favorite actually is vitamin A. I think vitamin A is a hugely deficient nutrient because if, if you look at the food sources, now vitamin D is different. Vitamin D comes from the sun, or at least it's supposed to. We can debate that. We spend too much time indoors. We're always in closed walls. We're not getting as much sun as we should. Okay, fine. Or like we said, there's a hormonal inflammatory component to it that exacerbates that. But vitamin A is meant to be a dietary source. And if you look at the sources of vitamin A, there's not very many of them. You, it's supposed to come from plant sources as the form of beta carotene. Two beta carotene molecules create one vitamin A molecule. But even that, people's consumption of colorful fruits and vegetables is probably not as much as it should be. So now our vitamin A levels are actually very low. The reason why that's important is, as we were talking about in the last episode, about the mucous membrane health, okay, so our nose, our nasal passage, our respiratory tract, our throat, our GI tract, everything, every wet surface in the body is a mucous membrane. Vitamin A helps to promote what they call IgA or immunoglobulin A, which is basically our first line of defense on those mucous membranes. And vitamin A specifically helps to improve IgA status on those mucous membranes. So well, my favorite one for that reason is vitamin A. Vitamin A could be done, like you said, it could be done in a maintenance, kind of low dose on a daily basis, or it could be done, like you said, with a vitamin D, it can be increased when you really need it when you come down with something. And people get worried about vitamin A also being fat soluble or vitamin A toxicity, but you do have to take a lot of vitamin A or maybe have some other health conditions where vitamin A would be toxic. It's not that likely. Yeah. And we've given people in the hundreds of thousands of international units, they got acne problems, they got immune system problems, they got skin problems. Another little tidbit, this little side note, another thing that vitamin A is critically helpful for is polyps. You got polyps anywhere in the body, particularly colon polyps. If you're 50 plus, you're getting your colonoscopy. If you get on the report, if they find polyps, start taking some vitamin A. Vitamin A also plays a role in what they call cell differentiation. Meaning that when that cell is forming, it needs to differentiate into whatever cell it is. In this case, a colon cell. That differentiation process doesn't happen. It turns into a dysplastic cell and now you develop a pre dysplasia or a polyp is really in some ways a precancerous type of growth. You can in some ways prevent those with using vitamin A. Cool. Also, who hasn't heard of vitamin C and zinc? Of course, those are really great for the immune system, but I think sometimes we forget about it just because it's so commonplace. Like, hey, you can take vitamin C every day. Of course, if you take too much, you're going to get a little bit of diarrhea, but vitamin C and, and zinc as well is really good for the immune system. Yeah. We don't have to get complicated. Like the things we're talking about are really basic things, vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc. The little caveat about zinc, we like to kind of high dose zinc up to let's say 120 milligrams, 100 to 120 milligrams for roughly about seven to 10 days at the most. And then you want to drop that back down. If you use zinc too high of a dose for too long, it's actually going to have an immune suppressing effect. And that's, again, that's what we don't want. So high dose zinc, like in the form of a zinc lozenge, like a little candy you can take uh, multiple times a day as a way to get a, a nice little surge. And those work well if people are having, let's say like a herpes outbreak or even shingles, uh, a little bit of L-lysine along with that can be very good to help to mobilize immune function. 
One of my other favorites is taking NAC or N-acetylcysteine, and you can take that consistently. That's not necessarily for an acute infection, but NAC or N-acetylcysteine converts into glutathione, which is a great antioxidant in itself. But one thing that glutathione and NAC can do is it helps the, the lung, the bronchioles, those little hairs, those little villi, they're supposed to be like a little elevator that bring the crud and the crap out of your lungs, you know, and then you cough it up. But uh, some people that might be more, their Achilles heel is their lungs, like maybe they've had asthma as a child or they have asthma or their lungs are a little bit more compromised. I have a lot of patients that say when they get a cold, it goes straight to their lungs, which is not a good thing. So NAC is a great way to kind of help strengthen that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's great for the liver too. <laughs> yeah. Certainly on that on that glutathione side. I mean, there's the list could go on and on. There's, uh, you know, we mentioned echinacea, there's uh, elderberry, there's... I love Sambucol elderberry, especially for the little kids. Only use it when they're sick. Don't use it every single day because it is immune stimulating, but it actually tastes good. So then the kids aren't gagging, not you can't get it in their mouth. Yeah, right. Now, when we were at Bastyr, Dr. Mitchell, he was one of the founders of Bastyr. He used to say that Dr. Bastyr, who you know, the, the school was named after, Dr. Bastyr used to use just simple cod liver oil and vitamin C. He says that that combination, cod liver oil and vitamin C, would reduce about 75% of colds and flus for kids. Now, as you said, trying to get kids to take cod liver oil. Now, they do flavor it well. Now, they have lemon flavor and orange flavor and strawberry. So, it doesn't taste like fish, but we were talking about this too. I think it's because of the omega-3s. We all need those essential fatty acids, but also cod liver oil is supposed to have its own kind of source. You know, it's contained in the cod liver, you know, the cod liver oil of vitamin D and vitamin A. So a little bit more, I think that's the reason why you get the immune stimulation of it is because of the vitamin A content, consistent source, and the vitamin D content, you know, over time that helps to bring down. And of course, just the simple, you know, simple vitamin C. Nowadays, one thing to consider when you're thinking about vitamin C is you can find the liposomal forms. Okay. That's basically vitamin C kind of packaged up in a fat carrier, right? So you can minimize some of that meaning that you can get higher doses into the body and you're not as susceptible to that GI tolerance or what they call bowel tolerance. Like you said, you're going to take too much vitamin C and have some loose stool or something. You can you can use a liposomal form and it has better absorption and it decreases some of that, some of that GI problems that can happen. And then one other thing that I don't want to, like I said, we'll put a little list together on the show notes to make it a little bit easier to understand or to read through. And then we'll have the different products that we really like, but definitely the homeopathy. There's a Gunaflu, which is a great homeopathic little vials that you use for when someone's sick. I actually use it when people as preventative too. Like I might have someone use it when they're going on an airplane, like, Hey, I'm leaving right now for the airport. So, you know, I'll take one vial of the Gunaflu before I get on the plane and then just, you know, wait it out and maybe on my next flight back home, I would take one or kids, you know, certain, you know, kids of different ages can use it too. They might use it once a week, or if they went to a birthday party with a bunch of sick kids, you can use it once. Or if you're actually sick, you can follow the instructions on it and you take it a little bit more frequently. And I have seen that it really helps prevent and it will help acutely and homeopathy, which is so wonderful is it's either going to work or it's not, you know, you're not going to have the side effects that some other things have. And for kids, kids respond extremely well to homeopathy because they're vital force is so strong they really do respond very well to it sometimes humans like you said can be a little hit and miss if you have the right remedy or the wrong remedy but kids really really respond well because they're not as in some ways lack of a better term they're not as adulterated so to speak mm -hmm. as the adults are their their bodies or immune systems are so strong and vital now a few other things before we wrap this one up
growing up, uh, hydrotherapy, right? So using basically water, moist water. Uh, when we were in school, we used to do, you know, it was kind of like this thing we used to call call them peat baths. There's this very particular type of peat moss that was powderized into a little packet. We put it in hot water and basically soak people in there for 20 minutes. And that's a great way of stimulating immune function. Now, granted, most people don't have a athletic training tub in their house. And if you use the peat moss in there, you're probably going to stain your tub. So it can be a little little clunky, but even taking a hot bath or a hot tub or a shower can be a great way to stimulate immune function. You're raising literally by using heat like that or sauna. I'm Finnish, you know, I'm a, you know, Mackie. My last name is Mackie. So I'm definitely Finnish origin. They're kind of known for taking saunas. It's a really great way to increase the internal body temperature, which is exactly what a fever is supposed to do. A fever is supposed to raise internal body temperature because that mobilizes your immune immune system and makes it stronger. Oh yeah. And another old school hydrotherapy is putting on a really cold, cold, wet towel on a little kid's back or, or somebody's back and then you flip it over and you put a hot towel on it and then you do a cold one and you go back and forth, always end with cold, is that will stimulate the immune system as well. Yeah, if you take a hot shower, you're supposed to rinse in cold, which sounds <laughs> awful in the moment. If you take a sauna, you're always supposed to rinse in the cold shower when you're done as a way to kind of close your pores and to kind of get that contrast going. It's a lot of times it's the contrast between the hot and the cold that actually does the you know, what you wanted to do. And there's some other little things that we learned when we were in school. We don't use them necessarily, but they're little tricks. We recommend them, but we don't have, yeah, we yeah. don't do them on yeah. people. <laughs> like wet sheet pack. We used to do a bunch of those things when we were in school because we were students. We didn't know anything. We don't want us to hurt anybody, but they let us play with water a lot. So we had a lot of fun there and, and we learned quite a bit. And from when it comes to some serious things like hep C and HIV and some things we had just using water, we had you know, water and temperature. We had some, uh, we are able to witness some really good results for people. Now you can go up a, a force. Uh, we used to recommend, we haven't recommended in a long time, but we used to recommend quite a bit B12 injections for people, especially like you say, when they're getting ready to fly or on a plane, B12 injections, either on an ongoing basis or prior to, or while you're, complex. Yeah, mm-hmm. while you're flying. And even then from that level, IVs, like a, what they consider or what they call a Myers cocktail, which is a way to infuse and a, what they call an IV push, the way to get in some nutrients in a very quick way. That can be a great way to stimulate immune function when you're actually sick. So we'll put down some of these specific ideas in the show notes so you can just go to the website and uh, be able to find that information there. Uh, Dr. Davidson, do you have anything else to add? Yeah. So like you said, with the show notes, we're going to put down maybe some specific products that I use. I mean, there's thousands of products all over that are fantastic, but we have some of our little nitty gritties that we love and we've noticed work with our patients and work re- you know, on ourselves, work really well. So we'll have a little bit of a list with that. If you do end up buying it from our website, which is fantastic, thank you for being so loyal, is you can get the free shipping code, which is COLD, C-O-L-D. COLD would be our free shipping yeah, code. And all caps on the COLD. That way uh, there's a $9 shipping the charge. Uppercase, all uppercase. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, not bold, but all uppercase, not lowercase. It is case specific, so it has to be all capitals. And that way you can save the $9 shipping charge if you do happen to order anything. So uh, with that said, uh, Dr. Davidson, anything else? Uh, are we good for now? Oh, absolutely. Very good. Okay. Well, hopefully this gives you some strategies. Hopefully this gives you some things you can do. Certainly, like always, if you have any questions, certainly don't hesitate to reach out. Otherwise, until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at progressyourhealth.com.